This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Wow, so how's Fatherhood 2.0? So far, so good. Um, I, he seems to be like really calm and really placid, and he sleeps quite well. Um, okay. And I remember Charlie doing all of this for about three days, and then it all stopped. <laughs> and then, then he became much more <laughs> unplacid and didn't sleep as well. Um, so I feel like I'm just kind of waiting wait waiting for yeah. for that to set in but it's been what 10 days now and he's still okay so maybe, maybe i don't know maybe he's just naturally chilled out and doesn't scream the place down so much <laughs> or maybe, maybe charlie was just <laughs> especially grumpy i don't know um because obviously the way charlie was born uh with the whole the way it ended up being an emergency cesarean was because there was static growth in the last week 10 days of him being in the womb Right. Which essentially was yep. meaning he wasn't growing. Um, yep. So I guess if he wasn't growing, he wasn't getting as much nutrition as perhaps he wanted, which might have put him in a bit of a bad mood, which could have explained <laughs> why, he was, why he was quite irritable for the first little while. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like, every every baby's different. Um, we've, we've certainly found that with, with both of ours. Similar situation to yours, actually, is that the first one was the baby that sort of screamed the house down. Uh, I mean, he was he was so difficult to settle. Uh, he, when, when he was born, it was the middle of summer and it's super hot, and we put everything down to sort of that. And, you know, difficulties with him feeding initially and stuff like that as well. Uh, and then three months later you sort of start taking stock and kind of going, no, nah, actually it's been nonstop. Uh, but yeah, it was a wonder we actually had a, a second one, actually, given some <laughs> of our experience. <laughs> I mean, obviously that sort of levels out, you know, <laughs> after a point. Uh, but yeah, youngest one was definitely a lot easier to deal with. It's funny. Um, I don't know how much of that is like us as parents or what, you know. Yeah, it's... um. I feel like I've got to be really careful that I don't try and fit Oliver, i.e. the new baby, into um, kind of the template we've got for Charlie. And I need to yep. consider that he is actually his own human being and is not just, we're not like replicating Charlie here, we're making a brand new one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's early days, so I don't feel like I've done anything yet, but I just need to be mindful of that, I think, going forward. Because it's uh, probably easier easier to do than you might think, I would I would imagine. Um, certainly at this stage before they're sort of asserting themselves and their their individual characters are really kind of coming out i mean like i I felt like that happened quite early on you know you sort of think well every baby's the same and after a point like temperament becomes characteristics becomes you know what what they uh what they like as a, a a young person eventually um but yeah, like after a point, they they kind of leave you with no choice, really. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's strange though because before um, Oliver was born, we were kind of talking and saying that we can't imagine another baby coming out that isn't just like Charlie because obviously Charlie's our only kind of point of reference. So yeah. all we can really yeah. imagine is just another Charlie popping out, and then sure enough, 
pretty much another Charlie popped out in the way that he looked and, and his hair colour and everything. So it's like, oh, wow. Because <laughs> um, I just yeah. assumed that you know, baby number two would be probably quite different in some way. Like I expected maybe like dark brown hair, because right? Charlie's got like ginger hair, so that's quite a distinctive characteristic. Um, yep. So I kind of thought, right, so probably not going to get another Charlie. So I started picturing like dark brown hair and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then sure enough, <laughs> out comes another one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I need to be even more careful not to sort of try and fit him into Charlie's mould, so to speak. It is something. I mean, as, as they get older, certainly with our two, I mean, what Ben's like 12 and then and Liam's nine now. And one trap that I have to avoid is is to compare them against each other as well, which is kind of a, a similar sort of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, that that comes from a point of you sort of think well you know by your age your older brother was doing x or you're that age and your younger brother is doing y you know like developmentally that they, they, they do things at different speeds sort of depending on their their interests and stuff like that as well it's super interesting though, isn't it yeah and rewarding as well you know i mean as as, as corny as it all is uh, to, to sort of say that i, I think so anyway um I'm, I'm, maybe you're kind of thinking, yeah, come come back to me when you're uh, when you're sleep deprived, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't done too badly with that. Um, we've had a couple of rough nights, but on the whole, it's been pretty good. Yeah, um, it just seems to sleep all the time um, right. to the point where we were a little bit worried about it because it's kind of like he doesn't seem to be doing much other than sleeping, and he came out a little bit jaundiced as well. And they said one of the things. Um, with being jaundice is that um sort of low energy and sleeping all the time is one of the things so that kind of heightened our awareness for it perhaps um but yeah all the yeah. doctors and that seem happy they're like no 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 it's all good so yeah maybe we've just gotten away easy so far <laughs> just like this time next week i'm like oh he just never stops crying and he won't sleep <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's all good well long long may the uh the easier ride continue. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all's good. All ended well. Um, everyone's settling in. I had a few days off. Obviously, Oliver was born on Tuesday at 20 past 10 in the morning. Um, Heather spent Tuesday night, Wednesday night in hospital recovering. I mean, to be fair, she, it's, it's amazing, really, because like, considering what had just happened to her at 10 o'clock in the morning... She was up and wandering around at like six in the evening. It's quite incredible um, how how you can go from like one to the other uh, and in yeah. relatively minor dis- discomfort, it seemed. Um, so she spent Tuesday night in hospital, spent Wednesday day, Wednesday night, and then Thursday I went to pick them up. So then I kind of had, we had sort of some of Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday at home, and then Monday I started my new job. So it's kind of been this whirlwind of... Uh, yeah. just activity um everything's sort of blurred yeah it's funny actually because like you know when when you start a new job it's quite typical to have like some like nerves and to be a bit apprehensive about it all and everything um i remember heather asked me like on sunday oh how, how are you feeling about tomorrow and i was like oh yeah i'm fine and she's like okay i'll ask you again in the morning then <laughs> once you've woken up and it's time to go and get moving and she asked me yeah. again i was like no no really i'm i'm fine it's really weird um I don't know. I guess that's kind of good. like what you've just been through. It's like starting a new job. <laughs> yeah, that's easy kind of thing. 
gives it the uh gives it a different scale yeah yeah definitely uh, i mean had i not been through that i'd have probably been sat thinking about it all week and you know the days that led up to it but actually i was so busy you know with new baby and kind of obviously what had happened on tuesday with the birth and everything even though it all went smoothly it's still quite a, a, a mental ordeal to go through or at least i found it that way um yeah so yeah just starting a job on monday was like yeah whatever <laughs> that's that's nothing <laughs> i've got this yeah. <laughs> yeah so how have you found the new job so yeah it's, it's all going well um, i've done a few days this week carrying on sort of through next week and little bits over christmas and yeah it's uh it's going really well what, what it's highlighted which i thought would be interesting to talk about is when you're kind of buried in like apple land that we are it's yep. incredibly easy to forget what else is happening on on the outside so to speak um it's just yeah it's kind of this week has made me super aware that you know that there's there's a lot going on that um you know i don't necessarily know about slash pay attention to so i think actually this kind of new role of mine is going to be quite nice in that sense because i'm going to have to familiarize myself with a lot of stuff that i wouldn't otherwise have become familiar with yeah it sort of immediately presents you with like the the reality of what sort of computing is like i guess for everybody else and kind of what's what's going on outside of that bubble yeah um and i also imagine um that you're not just seeing like the the latest technology if you're looking at repairs and that kind of thing um it varies i mean sometimes you get some older stuff coming back um sometimes you'll have newer stuff that's going out the door that needs some configuration before it goes to the customer um yeah so yeah that that can vary i mean um for example like android tablets i I, I quite often see those now um never used one of those before (laughs) Uh, yeah lots and lots of windows laptops obviously um and it, yeah, it's it's just um, just interesting to kind of just kind of get a sense of what non-Apple stuff is looking like because for the last few years I've been so into Apple stuff I've kind of just like dismissed most of it just kind of like well yeah I'm, I'm sure it's fine but I'm not interested in it because it's not Apple um, which probably yeah. isn't very healthy when I think about it and start to unpack that a little bit um, but it's easy it's an easy kind of pattern to fall into. And, and and being over on the Mac side of the fence, it, it does become quite easy to just sort of ignore all that sort of stuff. And w- without turning this into a uh, arm on the Mac kind of debate, one of the reasons that I, I just don't really care about keeping Intel on the go for the Mac is that I've kind of stopped caring about what spec the Intel chips are as well. As long as it's fast enough to, to run Xcode and to do all the other things that I, I like doing with a Mac, and, and kind of is giving me a sort of point by point improvement on what I had last time around, then the the nuance of what the chip is itself doesn't really bother me. It's it's what can I get out of this this machine as as a whole device. I almost like want contextual specifications. So rather than just listing off all the specs that the chip has and then you have to figure out what that means for you. I I find I've kind of fallen into the well. Just tell me how many you know. Is it forty percent quicker than last year's one? Is it thirty percent? Then I can get a bearing on it, and then that's kind of yeah. I'm I'm good because <laughs> uh, in a way it doesn't matter whether there's some other Intel chip that can do better because Apple don't ship it, so it's it's irrelevant. Um, 
I mean, it's good to know what the different models are. So if you upgrade to like the, the twenty six ninety nine model from the twenty three ninety nine, you can kind of think, well, I'm getting you know twenty percent more performance or whatever, and you can weigh that into whether it's worth the extra X dollars or whatever. Um, yeah, and, and and there is some there is some nuance there with some of the models in terms of like the um, the SSD that they're supplied with. It, it actually performs better or is faster. You know, like if it's the the higher capacity SSD. Mm-hmm. Um, is, isn't it what with a? I can't remember exactly which model this is now, so yeah, I'd have to look this up. But I'm sure I was reading something that sort of said that you want to get that next one up, not just because it's higher capacity, but because it's got a higher sort of throughput on the SSD than the low end model. Oh, okay. And, and so there are some nuances like that, but again, I, I will look them up about the machine versus the other um, the other Mac in its category. Do you know what I mean? Like, like with the 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 mid range MacBook Pro versus the next one up, or, or or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'll start at the bottom, work my way up the rung, and kind of see where where my needs are met and my sort of you know my my uh, budget runs out, and, and that's how it works for me. And now I'm really not sort of obsessing about getting a specific part on the go. Do you think it's going to become even more like this if Apple do move to ARM? Because if you look at iPhones, yeah, it's I like think so. you get an A11 one year, you get an A12 the next year. It's not like when you go to configure an iPhone, you can upgrade the A12 to an A12 Plus or an A12 whatever for an extra $50 or $100. It's just the A12. And I wonder whether we're going to see more of that in, if Apple do kind of fully make the transition. Um, could be could be interesting to see how they manage that. I mean, presumably they'll have to have some kind of way of differentiating between models because it wouldn't be right to have the same chip in a macbook air as a macbook pro um no and uh, yeah but it it does it does the more you kind of step away from intel that then removes the ability to do sort of direct comparisons back to equivalent windows pcs because now we're talking about completely different things like this is custom yeah. bespoke silicon so it's it's like this is all there is. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. So I think at that point, you're right that, that there will be chips, uh, chip differences between those that are in the smallest devices and those that are in the desktop devices. For example, you know, that, that might be the, one of the clearest delineations will be that the uh, laptops probably would share things in common. If, if, if you like with the, the chips you put in an iPad, certainly at the lower end, but then when you start talking about a, a desktop machine that's always always plugged in, has a different thermal envelope, that sort of thing, then I would imagine those chips will have a different classification. Uh, but again, I'm not sure I'm really going to mind after a point. Like, you know, it's, it's just a ticky box. It's just something to sort of, I guess, for Apple to say once, to differentiate it from last year's product. And then that kind of like goes off into the ether for me. Hmm. Uh, um, and that that's happening already, you know. Like I, I know that the chip in my my 10R is newer than the one that was in the 10, just by virtue of of it's you know the next year on and the next model and all of that. I don't really care about the exact nuts and bolts of of, of numbering or or versioning or whatever that's going on there. Uh, I, I I care about what what it gives to me in terms of how I use it. Hmm. And I, I wonder, like, in terms of what you're seeing 
sort of um, in in your new role and the you know the, the interactions you're having there. Do you think that consumers care about that differentiation in the PC market? Um, yeah, I think looking at the machines I run into frequently, I would say that price is probably the deciding factor for a lot of a lot of it. I came to like a realization. Um, well, not realization. That sounds a bit dramatic, but it's kind of like you, you can say like, oh well, you know, the MacBook Pro costs twenty three ninety nine. And and for like fourteen ninety nine or even twelve ninety nine, you can get a Windows laptop that will do the same, if not more. But to me, it's like, well, that's completely, that's just not even an argument worth having because without macOS, that machine is sort of twelve ninety nine of Windows PC just wasted on me. Because there is no way yep. I'm going to want to use it with Windows on it. No way. Um, yeah, for one thing, I have to use macOS for like iOS dev. Um, but that aside, I would still want macOS. <laughs> so. I yeah I I I just feel like and until until you can do something that isn't Windows 10 on those machines that they're, they're just never going to be of interest to me. Um so I guess that's kind of how I justify kind of putting the blinkers on and tunnel vision and all of that and just kind of remaining in in Apple land because that's that's the only place I can really really feel comfortable but then it, on the, on the flip side it makes me feel uncomfortable because there's like this whole other expansive computing that goes on that i'm just not that familiar with i suppose um because it's yeah you know, like so people often just, you know say to me oh you know you're, you're a computer guy you can figure this out and they'll hand me not at work i just mean like you know friends family and stuff and they'll just hand me some like random tablet that's i don't know like an amazon fire thing and i'm like well i've never used this before in my life um i know you think i'm a computer person and i can probably figure it out just by looking and thinking and that kind of stuff but um, yeah, I've, I'm not an expert in this thing at all. Like, I've just been kind of sort of siloed away with iPhones, iPads and Macs for like the last getting on for 10 years now. Um, yeah. So when someone just puts something in front of you that isn't that, um, even though they perceive you to be like the computer expert, it's like in this case, you probably know more about this device than I do at this point. Um, I'm just kind of using sort of experience and sort of being able to predict how things might work versus actual experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And, and and I mean, in my own experience, when I've kind of had to pick up an Android device um, at, at work or whatever, uh, yeah, I can figure it out. I can get get around it and get by, but I'm not using it every day. And there's differences between the devices I have used that are Android as well. And I, I sort of end up in this position of like, okay, I, I kind of feel like, you know, the, the the granddad asking how a, a VCR works. Right? <laughs> I have to go and find somebody who uses Android all the time, one of our Android devs or whatever. How do I go and set this? I, I had a problem with the device that, that we were using uh, that uh, I, I couldn't actually turn off the uh, notifications and this vibration that it was doing. And we just had a, a quake here like earlier that week. And I really needed to make this device stop vibrating because it was vibrating my desk. <laughs> it was kind of like triggering me to sort of think, oh, is that another quake? Um, so I needed a hand sort of figuring that out. And yeah, just, just because I, I work with computers, program them, uh, the way things have ended up doesn't mean that I'm a native on that platform and I know exactly where to go and where to find things. You know, I don't have that experience. I'm not using it in that way. And and also, it's uh, 
it's an unfortunate side effect, I guess, but there's an element of snobbishness kicks in after I've been using Apple stuff for so long in that as soon as I hit a point of friction with one of these devices, it kind of offends me. You know, if it sort of feels less easy or less intuitive than what I'm used to, then it's like, oh, no, no, this is why I'm on Apple. <laughs> get, 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 get rid of this thing away from me, you know? And, and, and I'm aware I do that. And I try and have a more open mind because obviously there's an awful lot of people using this this platform and you know it would be be kind of silly for me to to sort of rule it out outright because millions of people are getting value out of this every day uh but yeah when when you're used to a way of doing something and you enjoy the way something works and then you you experience a, a different take on that that just sort of feels like well it's, it's backwards in some way or obstructive in some way. It, it, for me, it's very easy to kind of end up in that sort of, uh, get it away. Mm, yeah, <laughs> don't, no, don't I, want to deal with this. I totally get that. But no, this whole kind of episode, well, not episode, but kind of like the last week or so, has um, made me wonder whether I should at least just look at Android dev a little bit. Again, because that's, that's like a whole nother, like can of worms that, I just have no idea about. I wouldn't even know what to download to write an Android app. I, I assume there's some con, kind of Android dev studio or something that you can download, similar to like... I believe it's called Android Studio. Is it? Oh, there you go. Bargain. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. But j- just the fact that I don't even know what that is. I mean, I do now. You just told me. But it's it's it just kind of speaks volumes, I suppose, um, to how kind of maybe like, isolated I've become in terms of my computing experiences um i'm not entirely comfortable with with that um but equally no. if i were to start you know i'd have a look at this android thing maybe for like a day and i'd probably just like turn it off and never look at it for like another year or something <laughs> if that um just because mac os is where i spend the majority of my time and ios and that's where i do my development as well so it's all kind of i kind of got like i've got no reason to leave it's kind of like a hotel in vegas like once you get there You've got no reason at all to leave, um, but that like, you've got the whole rest of the city that is just there waiting for you to go and see it. But it's like, no, this is fine. Like, I'm just, I'll just stay in my hotel, and I've got no reason to leave it. Kind of thing. Um, but yeah, everything's nec- right here. Not necessarily the best of best of ideas, though. So I just feel like I need to be more conscious of of that. I mean, with the whole yeah. coming into contact with Windows again. It's Windows Ten. Um, I used to use Windows Ten in my day job a year or so ago. And for a lot of years, up until I left, I used it on the machine I had at work. So Windows is fine. Um, I kind of and I've, I use Windows, you know, quite heavily until I got into Macs. So I feel like I'm fairly okay with Windows. But yeah, it's just it's just a good good moment to have. I think it just a, so you have like a, a well rounded kind of experience of what's out there as opposed to just one very narrow sort of tunnel vision view of it, which I think it's quite easy to have if you you know just say live in a mac live in a phone live on an ipad then yeah why, why, why would you look at anything else if you've got that but um i guess yeah. it can crop up I, on you can't it it, it can and I, I kind of i get worried i get concerned as a dev as well that if you limit your experience too much that something new is going to come out on another platform and it's going to be so game-changing you know say so, so there's proper full-on i don't know ar contact lenses or something that's just so awesome that almost everybody's got to have it tomorrow and that's over in android or windows or or something new even 
and I kind of worry that if that happens and I want to play with it, well, my, my ramp up to being able to play with it and do something meaningful with it is, is kind of like, it's not just um, ramping up into that new thing, but it's also getting into its platform, its ecosystem and everything else around it. And so my ramp up time coming from the Apple world could be really quite, quite high. Uh, and I, I don't also, I don't want to end up being that guy who sort of sits over here in the Apple corner kind of going, Oh, this this doesn't exist until it's on Apple. It's it's dead to me until it's over on Apple because actually, you know, it's quite possible that a new technology that is meaningful and that is something I do want to be involved in may not be in the Apple ecosystem. And so I don't want to cut myself off from that. And, I mean, it's yet to happen is, is the other sort of side of that. And I've been quite, you know, rewarded and happy with... with where I found myself in terms of my specialization. Uh, the, the, you know, every, every year Apple gives me something new to play with that kind of builds on top of what I've already learned. And, and that's great. Uh, but yeah, there's that kind of background concern of like, well, okay, I'm out of the loop with what's happening over here. Yeah. And so if something really cool happens over here, I'm not going to be inside of that. Well, I feel that's almost happened to me with, yeah. w- well, with the iPhone. Because when the iPhone was announced, I, I didn't have a Mac. I didn't even have an iPod. I, I didn't really know anything about Apple stuff. Um, it was only perhaps six to 12 months later, I decided I needed a laptop and I thought I might as well pay the 50 or 100 pounds more that the Apple laptop costs versus the equivalent Windows PC that I thought, oh, I'll just give it a try out of curiosity. Um, yeah, and so then began kind of my journey in, into sort of Apple. But yeah, I was heavily into into Windows at that point. I was, like I say, building my own PCs. Um, I was working a, a, a job where I was a IT tech, dealing predominantly, well, exclusively in Windows stuff. I was doing a yep. course at college where I was programming using like things like Visual Basic and. Everything was Microsoft. It was Microsoft stacked upon Microsoft stacked upon Microsoft. And then this iPhone comes out and then you the SDK came out and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, damn it. I wish I wish I kind of, I, I was still kind of finding my feet just using a Mac as just as, as a computer, never mind as a, like a, yeah. a developer. So I, I felt like I had this massive ramp up um, to kind of, to kind of get to the point where I could start kicking out iOS apps. And I remember feeling at the time like, oh, I've, I wish I was like one of these um, sort of Mac developers that have, you know, been around the block a few times and are really familiar with all this stuff because it's almost like for them, it's not such a big deal. But for me, it's, everything was new. Um, you know, just loading up Xcode. It was like, wow, okay. And then you start writing Objective-C and it's like, oh, what is this? You know, it, everything was so yeah. foreign. And I kind of maybe feel like, a, yeah, like that could happen again but now i'm on apple it could happen somewhere else like you were saying like on android like samsung could come out with like you say some holographic contact lens or something and it's like oh right okay now i'm going to be in that same position all over again where i'd have to kind of drop tools on apple potentially and run over there and learn all about android and stuff um so yeah maybe maybe i feel extra susceptible to that because of how i felt last time with with the whole uh iphone mac thing that i went through I would echo a, a sort of similar kind of experience in some ways as well. Uh, coming into 
iOS development was definitely a journey for me in the sort of same sort of way as you described, you know, coming from a previously working with a hundred percent Microsoft tools, you know, day in, day out, working on windows, working with things like visual studio. Um, I was working with, with uh, database tools and analytics tools as well. So to come across into X code and, and then be doing objective C and that, that sort of style of programming even was, was, uh, quite a journey really from, from what I was used to. And yeah, like yourself, I kind of look and I go, well, I don't really want that, that level of friction, if you like, to come between me and, and, and something brand new. So there is that kind of background sort of anxiety of, of, of not knowing about other platforms. But again, the, it's kind of like it's held in balance by the fact that I can't actually afford to just play with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if, even if I had unlimited budget to go and buy every brand new Android device or every new console and, and have a PC on the go and everything else, uh, I don't have time. And I don't think any one person does have time to to immerse themselves in so many different platforms and things. Uh, so I think after a point, you you do have to sort of pick your niche, pick your corner and and kind of get on with that. You know, find find what you like, find what you enjoy, um, and 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 specialize in that, and get really good at that, uh, because otherwise it's it's just it's not really possible, I think, to to be fully immersed in every single thing. Yeah, you end up being kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly, yeah. and 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 I guess the the thing I would now say to sort of balance some of that that anxiety, I, I guess, is that having gone from Objective-C to Swift and picked up, I've picked up a few new things as well over the the years that sort of adds on to the knowledge that I've already got within iOS development, whether that's a new package system, a new library, using third-party SDKs, whatever it is. Um, My knowledge is built as a developer and it kind of doesn't matter what it is after a point you're adding that knowledge onto the base of knowledge you've already got and at the moment at least everything of that nature is just new programming you know i mean it's handy that i'm constantly working in swift and everything that i'm coming across is in swift but if i had to down tools tomorrow and retrain in kotlin for example well kotlin's not that far removed from swift i'd probably pick that up relatively quickly compared to maybe going all the way over to java uh but it wouldn't be the same me that it was six seven years ago dabbling about trying to get into the the um ios sdk and xcode Mm. you know this is me now with that body of experience that i've since gone and got so yeah that's a fair point yeah that that anxiety you may feel is um I guess you've got to weigh that off and think, well, is, is is it really going to be that much of a jump now? Now that I am a developer, now that I have this experience, it's not like it's younger me starting Xcode for the first time. This is me now with my experience from here, just adding, if you think of it as a new SDK or an additional language rather than an entirely new thing, then, you know, maybe it's not so hard. But so, so, so yeah, I, I think it's it's useful to stay curious and it's useful to have a play where you can 
you know, where you've got time. Um, I, I guess as uh, iOS devs, we could all download Android Studio and play with the simulators. Yeah. You know, if you really wanted to have a bit of a dabble, a bit of a play to sort of see what's going on there. Uh, but it's, uh, it's it's probably it's probably okay as well on the other side of it if something something really new and vital comes in. Your ramp-up time is going to be longer than somebody who's already on the platform, but you are already a dev. So, so there's that. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, also we have our slack channel we'd love to invite you to join our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out if you'd like to join uh, just leave us a message on twitter at wfr podcast and we'll get you signed up so dave before we run off where can people find you you can find me on twitter at dw roboheads that's robohead spelt with a z and you can find my apps at roboheads.com again that's robohead spelt with a z how about you dave you can follow me online at davenot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore Dave Knott. 